This is Association Tech Talk with Dr. John Alexson and Matt Harpold. I'm thrilled to introduce Jeffrey Gorton, client-focused leader and technology enthusiast. Jeffrey is the author of The Seven Secrets to Managing Remote Employees. Jeff, thank you so much for joining John and I. How are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing wonderful. Thank you so much for uh, your time and for uh, giving me an opportunity to share something I'm passionate about. I think I read an article online. I think it might have been LinkedIn somewhere and it mentions your book. You were very prescient, I think is the right word. I wrote the book in 2017. You really have given us all insights into how to deal with the current work from home phenomenon. Definitely. Yeah, thank you. And when I uh, when I wrote the book, there the really the question was is remote work even you know is it going to go forward right that was the big area that we were all concerned about we saw you know n- numerous organizations that were making decisions to stop this um, this opportunity for for their staff to work from home and so everything i was reading about everything i was discussing is is remote work the future and the biggest factor was, is no one was talking about the fact that how do you manage remote employees? And that's where I wanted to change the conversation. I really wanted to get away from the fact that, is this doable? Is it going to be something we're going to do in the future? To the fact is that I don't think we're going to avoid it at that point. Of course, now we know we couldn't yeah. avoid it. <laughs> Isn't part of the problem the executives themselves, as far as their acceptance of remote work? There is this mentality that I couldn't work from home, so how could how could others work from home, right? So I think that's where the struggle is: is that there is this disparity of folks that that you know they feel they need that energy that comes from the workplace. You know, I I want to focus on the fact that if you are in a position to where you have to lead folks remotely, I have to be intentional in the way that I work with my staff, teammates. I've got to be I've got to have that empathy that might not come across so much in a brick and mortar workplace. Yeah, that makes perfect sense and, and actually a perfect lead in to kind of my first question for you. Excellent. So John and I live and work in the association space where everyone is extremely accustomed to acronyms. Talking about the seven secrets, your book details the method methodology for your pre-tame principles. <laughs> Do you mind giving a quick summary, a little background just on what those principles are? I really had an order that I wanted to present these objectives, right? I didn't want to jump all across the, the spectrum. So pre-tame was the one that gave the best order. How it breaks down is, is P is purpose, right? It really is giving your team a purpose so that when they are struggling at home or they are struggling in the work they're doing, they remember what that purpose is. And there's so many, I put some great quotes in there um, in the book that talks about so many great organizations that we admire that they put a lot of energy on purpose. So what are your tips for making it more personal for the employee? No, that's great. I think that it really comes down to take the mission and vision Ask the employees, really, how, how do you read this? How, what, what resonates with you? Something that really affects the heart. It's a so, heart motivation. Yeah. So what do you do to get to the heart? You, you focus on taking that mission and vision and, and making it a purpose behind what the person does. Jeff, I totally agree with you. Purpose is extremely important. So tell us a little bit about relationships. Tell us about how you use your one-on-one meetings with reports to build deeper relationships. 
You really need to have those relationships, right? Those relationships, right? Because really digging into each other's lives is very, very important because you'll know when people are struggling, right? You'll pick up on those cues if you really know them. So when you do your one-on-ones, give us some examples of how you provide empathy, how you reveal yourself more to your reports. So um, as my team knows, is I'm a storyteller. And um, I, I tell stories all the time. I think it's one of the best ways to educate folks. I, I think it's the best way to get change in your own lives and a change of others. And so I'm very transparent with um, the, the stories where I'm not the winner, right? Where I am the loser. I'm the one who failed, right? These are stories that I need my team to hear to listen, but also to be able to apply stories to that. Um, But it really is listening to what their concerns are, giving them the freedom to have their concerns, and then coming back with something that really is value to them. And then I'm just going to tell you another one. Gifts don't hurt. I know it sounds crazy, but, you know, I've got a I've got one of my employees in Canada and I sent her a coloring book. It's funny. um, I I heard that as gifts, like the moving pictures you send to people, which I think also operate on the same level. (laughs) Whenever you're having a rough day or you're asking a team member, it's really easy to slack over just a gift that can kind of lighten things up and kind of keep that positive attitude. I learned something. Thank you. I will definitely (laughs) apply that for sure. So Jeff, in the book, you talk about how you use birthdays. Tell us about that. One of the things when you're in a meeting and you have numerous folks and everybody wants to say something, right? Well, not everyone, but you want to make sure everybody's going to say something is you use that birthday method. Like who's, who's got the next birthday? Okay. So you talked about purpose, relationships, So what does the E stand for in per team? What's that about? Is really empowering them, right? You need to give them the ability to basically live out their expertise, right? If in that empowerment, you make a mistake, like we all do. I should say when you make a mistake, when you, like we all do, I said, I'm there to back you up, right? I'm going to back you up because I empowered you. Okay, I get it. Empowerment is about encouraging your reports to succeed and then when they need help supporting them. So tell us about what the T stands for. It's, it's a little outdated because I wrote the book in 2017. It, it was uh, produced in 2018. But a lot of the tools, which is what T stands for, are still in effect today, right? So Teams, Microsoft Teams has exploded since 2018, right? Um, Skype was another one that I called out. So I would encourage you to read that section, but read it with an eye that the tools do change, but the purpose of the tools do not. Well, I understand A stands for availability, sort of an open door policy. One of the things that I think is the biggest struggle is as leaders, we're just so, so very busy that it's hard for us to lead, right? We're, we're always running, doing something like that. So it's really important as a leader to make yourself available. And the way I make myself available is I have one-on-one with each of my team members. It's set aside, right? Depending on your period that you're using. I started off with one time a week, then we went to every other week and and we're at that standard, right? But the truth of the matter is, is those one-on-ones, and I talk a lot about them, is focused on it's their time to talk to me. Not my time to talk to them, but their time to talk to me. They bring the agenda. They bring the conversation. They bring the struggles. They bring everything to me that we need to talk about. 
right? So what it's done by setting aside those one-on-ones is I've actually limited the times where I'm being interrupted day in and day out. There's other meetings that you do, but it really is about making yourself available to your team. That's what you're there for. You're there to lead and manage a team. In, in the book, um, one, of the, one of the pieces that I, I really appreciate and resonated, I've put some thought into it, but the, the sign-off phrase for leading your teams, um, kind of that, that rally cry. Um, <laughs> I guess my first question around it is, when did you first start using this technique? Was this something you always used when you were younger? Is it something you came up with? Just some background on that. Yeah, so actually it was... Uh, I, I'm in that process of learning, right? Every one of us is always learning. And we had a, a gentleman um, who led uh, a, an or, a team that I was connected to at another organization. And that was his rally cry at the end, right? His rally cry would go forth and be awesome. I just have a quick comment on my sign-off phrase. I'm working on the line, keep learning. Let's move on to the I in pertain. The I is instilled trust. It is one of the biggest factors of how I live out my faith in my workplace is I want you to trust me. I want to be a trustworthy person, right? When I took over a team that was having some struggles, the first thing I told them is I said, I need your trust. I know you've worked for managers and leaders that you kind of broke your trust, but I need your trust now. I said, it's going to be hard, but if you trust me, I promise you that in three months time, I will have earned that trust. And just to follow up on that, six weeks into my managing this team, one of my team members reached out to the CEO and said, I trusted him within weeks, right? It was just, but that idea is if you don't trust someone, you're always asking yourself, what do they really mean by that? What are they trying to say, right? And so by having that trust and then following up on it to where I earned that trust um, is crucial as a leader. I really like your concept of managing forward, the M in pertain. It's a lot like Reed Hoffman's concept of working with reports on their next tour of duty, really putting a focus on professional development and lifelong learning. You know, my dad was in a GE for 25 years is where he worked for GE for 25 years, which is amazing, right? But the likelihood of the fact that the job we're in right now isn't the job we're going to be in in five years, right? It's just the nature of the, the business world and, and where we find ourselves. So if we're not managing beyond the here and now, we're failing our, our team, right? We are failing our team. We need to be managing them for the future and the future for the current position they're in, for the future for the, for the company they're in, or the future where they're actually in a completely different company. If you're only focused on the here and now, you're not giving your team what they need, the individuals in your team, what they need for long-term success. That makes sense to me. I, I guess if we take a look from our listeners or the group that is listening into the podcast, and they may want to start applying some of the, the pre-tame principles. Where would you recommend starting? Apologize. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if, if, you, um, if a lot of these tactics are new to you, um, as they were to me as an early manager, is I needed to apologize to my team. But really, the, the instill trust, right? You've got to instill trust. You've got to let them know that you want to do better, right? I think one of the biggest things as leaders that we do is we, we try not to be human, 
right? We try to hide our faults. We try to hide um, the challenges that we're facing. And that is not what our team needs, right? They need to know that we're facing challenges as well. And they need to know that when, when we've made mistakes, right? And we need to acknowledge that. Jeff, I think, I think this idea of admitting, you know, that you're human is really important during the pandemic, don't you think? Indeed, indeed. I think one of the things that we, we all have faced is, I would say, what is the future of our lives? A, a little bit kind of going to the sign-off phrases. Sorry, that's, that's where my mind went. I, I've been working on it myself a little bit and trying to brainstorm a couple. Do you mind if I bounce a couple off of you? You write it one through five? I will. I will. Perfect. So the first one I have is action is step one to success. So you want a rating on that? Oh, yeah. Action is step one to success. I'm going to give you a three on that. Three. Okay. So not Higher than I expected. The next one, real simple. Cheers. Just every meeting, keep it positive. I work with a lot of British folks, so (laughs) they might. They might appreciate that. Um, I do like it. Um, I'm going to give you a four on that. Um, I think it's missing a little bit, so that's why you're not getting a five. But I do like the fact that you're, you're acknowledging something positive on the way out for sure. And, and my last one that I had is uh, continue on and stay smiling. Now that one I like. Um, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a, a five on that one just because it it there there is an action, right? There is an action that's a positive action, um, and it is an action that they can control, right? One of the things that I think we need to challenge our team on is control what you can control, mm-hmm. and everybody can control a smile. <laughs> so I really like that one. Thank you. Appreciate that. I'll, I'll keep workshopping a few, maybe email them over, get your feedback as well. So awesome. thanks for that. One thing that, it, that excites me about, you know, coming out of the pandemic is the, the use of the webcam, you know, the ubiquitous nature of Zoom. It really opens the door to more personalized in the sense of we're building rapport online uh, that we've never been able to do before. Yeah, that's a great call out. I would say um, it takes a while to get folks to turn on the camera. Um, It's not easy, right? Um, I will say before the pandemic, we made the decision um, as a team that uh, every Tuesday we were going to turn on the cameras. And that was, you know, long before the pandemic, we just said we were going to connect that way. I'm, I'm going to say there's a group of folks um, in our teams and all of our teams that just don't want to turn on the camera until they've had a few minutes to prepare to have the camera turned on, right? Um, and so we need to be mindful of that as well, right? Um, the other thing that I, as far as the camera is concerned, which I love is, you know, with the kids at home, with the dogs at home, right? Is, you know, we, I love seeing my, fam, my, uh, my team's families, right? Is when a child jumps in, it's not a bad thing, right? right. Before the pandemic, everybody was laughing about the guy who's, whose wife and son came in while he was right. doing a newscast, right? I'm right. like, more power to you, bring it on, right? I'm not going to force you to keep your children away from the camera, right? Because I know you're struggling. I'm not going to force you to keep your pets away. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to expand on that, right? I'm going to say hi to them. I'm going to do right. whatever I can to make them feel like... Like as, a, as an individual, that parent, that pet parent, that parent of the children, whatever, feels like their children aren't in the way. They aren't stopping me from performing and from them performing what, what they feel is to be successful in their positions. So I'm hoping that really continues on as well, is that we're a little bit more forgiving for those that have family. Right. I mean, it's just the truth of the matter. It doesn't matter if your family's four legged or two legged. Right. Is we all have have disruptions that are going to affect our lives. 
And it's nice to be able to, to see that and to, to accept it as real. I, I also think that relates to your uh, trust tenant. It, it shows you're human. And I mean, it shows you have a life around you, like pets, family, everything like that. So it's, exactly. it's true. I agree completely. Well, Jeff, you know, you, this has been very enlightening. I, I really do appreciate the contribution you've made to managers to better understand how to work with uh, remote workers. Certainly, it's something that's going to stay with us. I, you know, I think the, the emphasis on purpose, you know, developing relationships, really thinking through how you handle a one-on-one, you know, and, and encouraging success, you know, to find, find ways to help each other. Uh, be successful, especially beyond specific tasks. The use of tools, I think our audience is pretty knowledgeable about, but certainly, as you talked about with the webcam and such, the you know various tools are, are becoming ubiquitous and I think it's are positive things of the pandemic. Um, availability, I think you know the open door policy and really applying that to remote workers is really good. And then, Last but not least, managing beyond. Can you just give me a wrap up, Jeff, on, on, on a story or what you wanted to leave with people in terms of managing beyond? Yeah, so I'm, I'm going to share a story because I think I've already said I'm a storyteller. Um, I worked for an individual once who um, he basically said, Jeff, I want you to become a VP. He says, I'm focused on making you a VP. And I said, well, I don't want to be a VP. And he said, well, that doesn't help me, right? It doesn't help me at all that you don't want to become VP because I want your position and I don't want to knock you out to take your position, right? Mm -hmm. And so what I told him is I said, I'm going to do everything in my power to help you move into a position like mine, right? I'm not afraid of you taking my position, right? If I'm here, great. If not, you can, you know, you'll have an opportunity to take this position. Well, with the dot-com bust in 2003, we separated our ways, right? We went in different ways because everybody pretty much did in a lot of cases. Well, he went to go work for Intel and you might want to remove that, but he went for work for another company and um, he contacted me a few months later and he said, I'm furious with you. I am furious with you. And I'm like, I, okay, why? And he says, because there isn't a manager that I've run across that lives up to your management style. Right. It was that managing beyond my focus was not just to here and now it was extensive and he realized that that wasn't normal. Right. A lot of the managers, all, actually all the managers he had after that standpoint, he said, it's just they, they don't think that way. Right. They think about the here and now. They don't think about the future. So, yes, you know, I, I feel good about that. There's no doubt about it. I feel good about that. But it's not feel good. It's also feel sad. I feel sad that there's so many managers out there that are so focused on themselves or focused on the here and now that they forget that there's people out there that need their mentorship and lead their leadership, need their caring to really acknowledge them as individuals that aren't just resources that they can utilize. Thank you so much, Jeff. That was a great, great wrap up, great ending. Mm -hmm. Yes, thank you very much for joining us, Jeff. We really appreciate having you on. For all the listeners, if you are a manager working with remote workers, this is a must-read for you. Please go to Amazon and find The Seven Secrets to Managing a Remote Workforce and add it to that shopping cart. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you next time.